1: three of the Tim Weisberg show. How you doing this morning? Still cloudy. At least it's light outside. Don't expect a lot of sunshine today, but the temperature, at least it'll be warmer getting up into the mid to upper 30s. And then tomorrow might get a little pitter patter of rain coming down. Nothing new for around here. But tomorrow is the first day of February. You saw, to always say February, Feb-brew-wary. The quote of the day, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Dr. Seuss, don't cry because it's over, smile because it's happened. Well, there's really nothing to smile apart uh, As we think about the drone attack that happened on uh, exactly, I was going to say, on a U.S. military base. We've been told that it's called Tower number 22. I was watching a report and it seems, look, again, I don't know what kind of clarification we will ever get from the Pentagon or the White House on this, but apparently that drone strike did not happen in Jordan. Even the Jordanian officials are refuting the fact that that drone strike happened in the country of Jordan. Apparently, it happened just across the border in Syria. And it happens... That the troops were set up in Syria. Now this is according to uh, a story that I um, saw the Scott Ritter, former Marine captain. Yes, he was found guilty of uh, a uh, sexual charge. But this is a guy with, with a lot of contacts, impeccable contacts. And his contacts are telling him that the United States was set up in Syria. Apparently, again, again uh, piece it together as you want. I'm, I'm, I'm the messenger here. Apparently, our soldiers or maybe contractors... Have been working with former ISIS agents. I say former because of, you know I'm led to believe that they defected from ISIS, no longer want to work with ISIS, and they're they're helping the United States do some regime changing in the area. Now, I again, I told you who the source was. You can see it for yourself. I was actually thinking about playing that cut for you, but it's it's rather lengthy, and I said, well, I, I will explain it. You can find it on YouTube. It uh, is an interview that Scott Ritter did with Danny Haifong and uh, it's up there if you if you want to check it out now it doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise me at all that the united states may have had soldiers service personnel in an area that they shouldn't have been in but let's let's think about this if it is true if it is true, now we have three U.S. service personnel Specialist Kennedy Sanders, Specialist Brianna Moffat, and Sergeant William Rivers, all from Georgia, all in an Army Reserve unit. Who lost their lives in an area that they should not have been in. And by all accounts should still be alive. I have brought this up several times. I am going to say it again. Why are we there? Why are we in the Middle East? Never let's let's just. Separate for for a second the whole thing with Israel and Hamas. Because these soldiers were there prior to October 7th. To the best of my knowledge, they were there prior to October 7th. Why are we, why would be we be in the business of trying to destabilize yet another government. A government that sometimes we seem to work with. I for the life of me, I'm not getting it. Maybe you do. Maybe you can explain this to me. Because I, I I'm sitting here thinking I'm I'm one eight hundred, I'm the dummy. And so, if you heard ABC News at the top of the hour, and they brought it up during the top of the 7 o'clock hour and the 6 o'clock hour, I was here and the 5 o'clock hour. In fact, I was hearing it on CBS in the car coming in this morning. It seems the United States has figured out a plan on how we're going to retaliate against the whomevers of the drone attack and apparently enough information has been leaked to reporters that it doesn't seem that we're going to go after Iran which i think is pretty good because you go after Iran you open your you open us up us as here in the United States up for something bad to happen to either us here or to our personnel overseas, courtesy of Iran. Iran has already come out and stated that they are not responsible for what happened with those drone attacks. The plan, as ABC News was, was mentioning, calls for multiple strikes over a multiple time period. And I thought to myself, why are we, why are we mentioning this? And then I, I start, you know, after a while you start connecting the dots. Multiple strikes over a multiple time period frame. That's nothing new. That's what's been going on after all the other strikes, whether it's the Houthis. Or any of the other strikes that have come from these Iranian-backed militia groups or uh, militants. We have struck back. They have struck again. And I guess we fought back. I mean, so the, the tit for tat keeps on going on. And so if we're going to do multiple strikes over multiple times. And multiple targets, are we, the you and I's that are sitting here listening to us, the tax paying folks that are paying for the bombs and the troops and all this other stuff that's going on, are we supposed to believe that after a few multiple strikes on multiple targets that it's going to be over? That's going to be it. We can pack up our bags and go home. We're not expecting the other side to strike back again. What's happened with the Houthis? We have struck the Houthis two or three times. And have the Houthis stopped? The Houthis I'm not trying to pick on the Houthis But you know the size of the United States You know the power and might of the United Kingdom You can look at a map and see the size of Saudi Arabia And where Yemen is at the bottom Of Saudi Arabia And the Houthis they are not a lot of them, but they have fought off the Saudi Arabians for about a dozen years. The Saudis have been backed by the United States. So, if nothing else, the Houthis are battle strong. They've been there. They've done that. They're like Hezbollah. They're like Hamas. How are we, the United States of America, how are we supposed to, and what is really winning? The Houthis, they use drones that they could probably pick up at a Walgreens or a Walmart or wherever. They're not using overly sophisticated equipment. They're not using overly sophisticated missiles. I mean, they they get them on the cheap. They don't have a lot of money. And they fire, you know, let's say they get them for a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. We're using six-figure million dollar missiles to knock their stuff down. After a while, our ships are going to run out of missiles. The Houthis, they can keep on firing those, those cheapos at us. And what happens when one of our warships runs out of missiles? Then what? Then what do we do? We have to turn the ship around and go back and get more missiles. Of course, you probably send another one in there with new missiles. But at a million dollars a pop, how many missiles do you want to keep on firing if you're, not, if you're not gaining anything out of it? And at a particular time, somebody, whether in the White House, at the Pentagon, State Department, Congress... The yous and me's, more than the yous and me's, because a lot of people in this country, civilians, have already voiced their discontent with what's going on in the Middle East. At some particular time, the realization has to finally come through that our presence in that area is causing these attacks. In particular, the 160 plus that have happened since October 7th, 8th, 9th in that area, because of our insatiable support for Israel. Again, I want Israel to exist, but they have certainly overplayed their cards. And quite frankly, they're throwing the Joker out at the United States, in particular, the Biden administration. And we keep on playing. We keep on. We keep on feeding them ammo and missiles. Pretty soon, we're not going to have enough missiles to fight off the Houthis or the Iranian-backed militias. How? How is this winnable? Uh, Again, under the pretense that nobody is going to be lobbing nuclear bombs left, right, up or down. How is this winnable? The Houthis have already blocked off the Straits of you figure out how to pronounce it. And if you can't get by the Houthis, how would any ships ever get through the Strait of Hormuz? Where Iran is already patrolling. I got a funny feeling here. Our bluff is being called. What do we do? 508-996-0500. Let's hear what you have to say. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I am. How are you?
2: So there's a lot to unpack, but I'll say first, it's not winnable. The only way you win with these people is just have enough respect and enough fear that they won't do anything. That's been long gone. This administration, this is what you get when you vote for Joe Biden, and I'll tell you why. It started in Afghanistan. We just left cut and run, billions of dollars worth of materials, left behind military equipment, um then we you know we retaliate by blowing up a car full of people who had nothing to do with it, so I have no faith in our retaliation we 're letting everybody across the border, whatever there is no foreign policy. You put someone in charge where there's no fear and no retaliation and no plans and no this is what you get so whoever's out there listening who voted for Joe Biden, this is what you get the United States is a laughing stock. of the the country, and and they're so bad, the administration now, they refer to the Hooties and whoever else as non-funded by Iran militants, right? So there's two kinds now. There's just You you know, militants out there, and there's the the non-funded Iranian group, right? So they just want it to seem like it's not Iran. We know who it is, and we have done absolutely nothing since this administration took office. There's no fear for us. This is going to continue to happen. What about Asia? What's going to happen out there? Everyone's watching. This is a travesty. I can't believe the United States has bent a knee like this. And it doesn't have to be this way. But when you put a bunch of knuckleheads in the uh, White House, and, and they've, they've shown time and time again, Brian, they're not going to do anything. They're incompetent when they do retaliate. And they're just saying, oh, no, no, just leave us alone. We'll put our hands up. Ridiculous.
1: Thank you much for your call. I, I do appreciate it. Let's hear from you also. 508-996-0500. Brian in for Tim. On a Wednesday, Phil's got an update coming up in a couple of minutes. And it's not like I forgot about this story, but we've had quite a few things going on. Uh, I certainly didn't mean to leave this toward the end of the day. But uh, Phil has been all over this like a new suit. Massachusetts State Troopers Charged in Alleged Bribery Scheme for Current or Former Bay State troopers have been indicted over an alleged scheme to give commercial driver's licenses, CDLs, to people who failed or didn't take their test in exchange for bribes. According to the acting U.S. Attorney for our area, the troopers allegedly received a snowblower, a new driveway. And other kickbacks for falsifying CDL test results. Now that might not be bad. How much does a snowblower go for? Hundreds, hundreds of dollars. How much does a CDL license? Co- you know, if you don't take the class and just go to take the test, it's the regular hundred bucks or thereabouts. Snowblower costs a lot more, but of course, if you never didn't study for the test, a new driveway. How much is a new driveway going for? New asphalt, whatever that whatever that stuff is, rubber stuff that they they put down. Two civilians, Scott Camara, of Rehoboth, Eric Matheson of Boston, also indicted. Apparently. Matheson worked for a spring water company that employs drivers who needed a CDL license. Camara worked for a truck driving school, so you might understand. I, I, I piece this together, folks. Apparently, couldn't pass truck driving school. So this guy, Kamara, again, let's put the alleged in there. Somehow pays off these state troopers for these favors. Man. And so who is driving that water truck down the street? Is he or she properly licensed? Only the registry knows for sure. Or maybe Phil does. We'll find out when we go over to Studio 6 and 7 Good morning.
3: Good morning, Brian. We'll look at the world right now. House Republicans voting to advance their efforts to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the southern border. The vote by the House Homeland Security Committee passed along party lines Tuesday and paves the way for a vote by the full House, which could come as soon as next week. The Department of Homeland Security is calling the impeachment vote a farce and a distraction from other national priorities. Mayorkas is not expected to be impeached by the Democratic-controlled Senate. FBI Director Christopher Wray is warning that Chinese hackers are preparing to unleash havoc on Americans. In prepared congressional testimony, submitted today, Ray and other top federal security officials are sounding the alarm about Chinese efforts to target critical infrastructure, including water treatment, electricity, and natural gas pipelines. Ray also accuses the Chinese of stealing American innovation, along with huge amounts of corporate and personal data. Illinois officials say Donald Trump can stay on the state's presidential primary ballot. The Illinois Board of Elections voted on Tuesday to dismiss another challenge to Trump's eligibility over his election actions during the Capitol riot. The bipartisan board voted unanimously against a lawsuit by a group of voters represented by a watchdog organization and state elections lawyers. The board said the group lacked the authority to decide on the challenge. The Israeli military is flooding tunnels under Gaza with large amounts of water. The effort aims to keep the Palestinian militant group Hamas from using the estimated 350 miles of tunnels they've built. The plan has drawn some criticism over potential dangers to nearly 130 hostages still held in Gaza. And a private funeral is being planned for Broadway legend Cheetah Rivera. The Tony award-winning dancer and singer died yesterday in New York at age 91 following a brief illness. She rose to fame in the role of Anita in the original production of West Side Story in the 1950s and Barack Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009. Elon Musk may no longer be the world's richest person after a Delaware judge voided a $56 billion pay package the CEO got from Tesla. Judge Kathleen mccormick on tuesday ruled the company's board of directors had failed to prove the compensation plan was fair and brian's been talking a lot about this the last couple of days as car manufacturers decide the fate of am radio many people believe in the importance of keeping it as a free option rebecca hughes with more
4: no matter how fast technology changes, AM radio has remained a reliable tool for spreading information. Sean Volschool of the American Association of Retired Persons says there are still plenty of technology deserts.
0: Many people don't have the high-speed internet yet, so they rely on their AM radio to get their information.
4: Car makers are considering removing free AM radio and replacing it with streaming and subscription services that would require fees. Manny Centeno of the Federal Emergency Management Agency says getting free, reliable information in times of emergency is crucial. Centeno urges car makers to keep the AM radio band as a standard feature. I'm Rebecca
3: Hughes. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Celtics have won back-to-back games after holding off the Pacers 129-124 to at TD Garden yesterday, and they host the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night. Now, your forecast with ABC6.
4: We have uh, temperatures heading back to seasonable this morning. Cloudy skies in the mid-top of 20s this afternoon. Mostly cloudy, but dry. The last day of January, stepping out with these temperatures quite normal in the upper 30s. For today overnight, a little bit of cloud cover and we do have a beautiful dry stretch within the seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Sassy del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420.
3: WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Thanks for that story, Phil. Uh, they're talking about free AM. They didn't say anything about
1: free FM. No, what gives? I don't know. And, you know, and then they say for subscription services. Well, I've got XM, and yes, there's a subscription fee for that, but there's no subscription fee for Bluetooth. Right. And so you can, you know, I, I get the feeling, you know, this is my twisted head here. I get the feeling that there's going to be a new service and new, you know, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to pay some type of monthly fee for whatever radio they put in, even to use the Bluetooth. Oh, okay. I, I just get that feeling, but they didn't say anything about FM. No, I mean, you know, you think that's pretty big. Well, I think people still listen to it. Oh, I, it, it's free. You know, they talked right. about free AM, but they didn't say anything about free FM. Maybe that's that's what clicked upstairs.
3: Yeah. So, in other words, no free FM.
1: I what well, that could easily be. Could be. That yep. could easily be. Yeah, you in order to get even your FM, you're going to have to pay some type of subscription
3: fee. Right. Ooh. That Oh, there's Bedlam and Bedrock. But at least you can still listen to us right here. How? Oh, well on the AM.
1: How? If it's not in the car
3: oh, anymore. Oh, right, if it's not in the <laughs> car anymore. Listen, you know, I I don't think I'm built for this world. I can't imagine a world without car radios. I
1: what was it like in 1903, when there was no such thing as a radio?
3: Well, uh, I'm sure everything was fine. <laughs> they never radio. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing part cheesy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. We'll go back to doing that then. <laughs> okay. Sounds good.
1: Uh, let us continue, Phil. It's been a pleasure as usual, and we shall do it again mañana. It's okay if you listen in the shower. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself and don't make it weird. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. 20 25 minutes of the program glad to have you along on the ride today I'm just finishing up uh, I guess it's the lemon ginger yogi tea number three yes it is caffeine free let's hear from you five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred thank you hello hey Brian
5: good morning I love my am radio
1: FYI. well you keep it keep it you know you believe I believe I, 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 I guess we'll have to Form some type of uh, committee or petition and send it off to Detroit and say, look, just keep the radio in there.
5: Right, right. Hey, Brian, if I may, about, uh, uh, and I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to make believe I do, but I can tell you what I do know being involved in facilities on the Cape. And I've dealt with this very same situation. So what happens is your people go in in the morning. It's been a very tricky winter. And there's some mornings you walk in and that parking lot may not look like it needs any uh, salt or sand but it does. So you go out, you know, you, you do that accordingly. But you know, what happens, and I've dealt with teachers for, I've been doing this for over two decades. Y- you know, you ask them, look, if, you, if you're going to Shaws, uh, you're not gonna run into Shaws w- during icy conditions, whether they salted or not. Please don't do the same at the schools. We ask people to be cautious. You can find that spot of slipperiness. I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that the, this parking lot was salted or at least sanded to some extent. People and teachers, I'm not going to make any friends here, but I've dealt with teachers. We ask them to be careful. They come in with their uh, open-toed shoes, running into the building because they've got to do something that's earth-shattering, and then they slip and fall. Part of this is about being careful and being careless. And like I say, uh, custodians do the best they can. I truly believe that, especially during these kind of conditions. But if they come into the building and there's an RTU down, which is a heating unit, and they're dealing with that and they send someone out to SALT, they may not be able to SALT as heavy as you might like, you know, you're not going to walk on the parking lot like it's a summer day. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know whether this parking lot, if it wasn't salted, okay. But there's been times when we've salted and people have still slipped and fallen. Like, what are you thinking? Walk slower, just be careful. And that's all you need to do. There's just a carelessness that comes along sometimes with people. And I'm not saying that this is the case, but it has been the case in my
1: experience. Uh, I I appreciate the call and understand. I I I here's how I'm going to respond. That's why they call them accidents. Sometimes crap happens. And um I I don't know as the previous caller alluded to, I I don't know the entire story whether or not any salt or sand had been spread. Maybe it wasn't in that particular area. I don't know how fast or how slow, if it was a man or a woman, open shoes or in I don't know any of that. And I'm not going to assume. But there have been times when I have fallen and I thought I was pretty darn careful about what I was doing. And there have been other times when I wasn't careful and I went, bloop, you know. You know the word that we would normally use? It happens. It just happens. Thank you much for your call. I do appreciate it. Let us continue. 508-996-0500. Let's hear from you. Hello. 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 Hello.
4: I was watching um, a a Boston news channel. And they showed two ladies, and they were teaching those two ladies how to walk on icy sidewalks. You have to walk like a penguin. You have to put your toes slightly out and, like, waddle. They <laughs> yeah. have their arms on the side. And I am I kept watching. I'm saying, uh, I guess they're going to have workshops on how to walk on the acts of God. But they, um, they were showing us. But I'm wondering, when penguins fall, how do they get up?
1: I don't know have the foggiest idea. I assume that uh, they fall very few times because they know how to waddle on on, uh, on ice, but I really don't know.
4: Okay, that's my thing for today.
1: Really? Do you know how they do it?
4: No, but I was watching those two ladies. I was hoping one falls to show that you can't walk like a penguin. Yeah. When you're going to go down, you're going down.
1: I think that's what happens, and sometimes you just lose your footing.
4: Yes, I, I worked in the school system, and there were teachers that fell, and the principal would say, did you have on sensible shoes? And we always used that word, sensible shoes. <laughs> we thought it was very funny.
1: What is sensible supposed to mean? Is that like affordable housing?
4: Well, Sensible the, shoes? Well, the teacher had on high heel boots. And she was going down the stairs and she fell because she was trying to chase a kid. And uh, she that, fell. That
1: doesn't work. No. That no. doesn't work.
4: Sensible shoes, you could probably chase a kid, but not with high heel boots.
1: Mm, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Thank you. I do appreciate the call. You know, I used to be married. Person is a still a good person. We, even though uh, we're no longer married. But there was a time... She um, got into this high-heeled boots thing. And uh, I, I used to say, oh, she's doing it because her best friend also wears those type of boots. And we were having dinner, the, the four of us, the nuclear family at the time. And for some reason, she needed to go downstairs into the basement And the next thing you know, you hear this, and she fell, and eventually, I believe it was her nose, she ended up breaking. And she had those heels on, and I remember saying, well, maybe you should change out of those and put on something else. And I'm not sure if she did for the trip to the hospital, but the next time that I recall her going out of the house she had on those boots. One time, I was 10 years old, still living in Waltham. My mom was coming out of the house. I was already outside the house. We were going to go, I forgot where. She comes down the stairs. We lived in an apartment complex her high heel broke and she fell and luckily she fell toward me and I caught her. You know, just, just like I was making a baseball catch. I, I I, caught her, put her down, she went back into the house, had to get another set of shoes. Wouldn't you know what? She came out in high heels again.
6: Oh, a microphoney And a phony at the mic.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. You won't have a phony at the mic after the 9 o'clock news. Chris McCarthy is in the house. He'll pick you up until noontime today.
6: Hello. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Brian. Yes. You keep mentioning you you come from Framingham. Is that right?
1: Uh, That's where, that's my hometown,
6: yes. I was living in Natick, probably around somewhere between 65 and 67. I, I remember I used to go to a pet shop all the time in Framingham. It was a pretty good pet shop. Do you remember a pet shop in Framingham?
1: I remember one pet shop that used to be at Shopper's
6: World. Oh. Uh, I don't no, I remember its a, name. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think it was a Shopper's World. Well. well, anyways, you're talking about uh, the Middle East there. <clears throat> what have you heard from uh, Lindsey Graham about the uh, the border lately?
1: I haven't heard anything from Lindsey Graham except for we need to go after Iran. I haven't heard him say anything about the border. Not that he hasn't. I just haven't heard anything.
6: I suspect that he hasn't, or that if he has, that he hasn't been very vociferous, because uh, what I hear is not not an enemy of the military industrial complex in the United States. And uh, I think there's a a meeting of the minds here between uh, uh, rhino Republicans or military industrial uh, Republicans and, uh, and Democrats. And I think maybe Lindsey Graham is taking the position of, like, I'm going to stay off your back on the border. What I want is war in Iran so all the military-industrial complex can get going and making, making lots of bombs and everything else.
1: Well, I can see and- that he would be in line with the military-industrial complex <laughs> he used to be in the Air Force. So I, I can see, and I, my guess is if we were to go over his campaign finances, he's probably getting some contributions from... Uh, from that lobby, those lobbyists.
6: Okay. And then uh, the the meeting that I see is on kind of Biden needs something to try to convince people to vote for him, even though he's he's not really a, a credible individual to be president. Um, and uh wartime president is something maybe he can hang his hat on a little bit. So not Warren the way Iran's he's fighting right now. That's what's that? Not the way he's fighting it right now. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I think if it, if it gets a, to be a full scale conflict, then uh, maybe it'd be different.
1: Well, let's let's hope it's not that. Thanks much for the call. Yeah, I, yeah, I do appreciate it. Let's take one more. Hello. Morning. Morning.
7: Um, I haven't solved any big problems doing this, but I've solved a lot of small problems. If I'm going food shopping to the store, I park as close as I can get to the entrance door. I pull out my out of my carrying bag a little uh, couple of baggies I have of saved sand, and I sprinkle it in front of me as I'm walking into the store. And I do the same thing when I go back to my car, and I have not had a problem with it. And it doesn't solve a big problem, but there's been times when I couldn't get out of a parking spot because of the ice, and so I sprinkle sand in front of all the tires, and out I go, no problem. It helps you know a what? little bit. You know what? Yeah?
1: It, you're right. It helps a little bit, and sometimes. You brought up something that I think is so key for all of us. We have to sometimes think a little bit outside of the box and think about ourselves. You can't always rely on a city or a state service or or the feds to do something for you. I applaud you for that.
7: Thank you. But I haven't seen any barrels. I haven't driven by any. The city's not putting them out anymore.
1: Don't know. Don't know. I
7: haven't seen one yet, and I'm, I'm getting ready to fill my baggies and put them in my car. I'm telling you, Brian, it's helped me so many times.
1: It, it makes perfectly good sense. In fact, uh-huh. I used to carry salt in the trunk. Yeah. If, if, if for nothing else to weigh down the back of the car, they, uh-huh. they help from slip sliding all over uh-huh. the place. <laughs> I, like that, I, I like that idea. Well, the, the yeah, yeah.
7: And sand. All you ladies out here, if those ladies want to hear me, just get those sandwich bags, fill them up, put some in your trunk, and carry one in your carrying bag. And you get in and out of the store <laughs> as long as you can park as close to the entrance of wherever you happen to be going. You don't want to, you know, sprinkle all of it like a whole mile to get in. So try to park real close. <laughs> Sounds right, great. Have a good day. Great
1: tip. Yeah, that that right. is the tip of the Thank day. You. Thank you very much. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five. Doesn't that make sense? I, I, you know what? That that is why I really love this radio station because every show there is somebody who comes up with the thought of the day, the idea of it. What? I would not have thought about that. Now, like I said, I carried the salt in the trunk basically to get to weigh it down. But if you needed to use it, you could certainly use it. Never, never did it cross my mind to do the same thing with sand and then sprinkle it. So when you go to walk into Stop and Shop or Market Basket, wherever you're walking into, so you don't fall on your butt for duty and humanity. The quote of the day, don't cry because it's over. Smile, because it happened. Good old Dr. Seuss. Oh, Sam, I am coming up with that one. It has been a real pleasure to wing and wang with you today on a a Wednesday. Midweek, that means we start coasting tomorrow and then into Friday. Maybe it's not so much of a coast, because I keep on forgetting. There's still Saturday morning. I'll be here. Uh, And Tim, we're expecting him back in the driver's seat on Monday. Sitting right across from me is Chris McCarthy. He just told me, that's right, I got the mayor coming up at 11 o'clock today. So that means midweek with the mayor, somebody else to to yell at as opposed to yelling at McCarthy. (laughs) Oh, I know how that feels. I get yelled at every once in a while, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And so it's time for me to pack my bags and uh, head on out. Got to go to the store today. Oh, You know what? I got a great tip today. And I got to, again, I appreciate uh, the woman who called in with this tip about put sand in a baggie.
0: And then when you get out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.